love? Are we pretty? Is a weekly dose just not cutting it? Well, we have news for you. Are We Pretty presents the War of the Roses review, now on Wednesdays. Tune in weekly as we dive into all things War of the Roses. Each week, we'll be breaking down the performances, critiquing the runways, spilling exclusive tea, and giving the divas our dooms and blooms. So whether you're a War of the Roses mega fan or just a pretty bitch, the War of the Roses review is the moment. On Wednesdays, it's time for war. See you there, bitch. Stay pretty. Get into the vibe, get into the vibe. Let me drink this coffee, hold on. Wow. Welcome to Are We Pretty? A podcast dedicated to highlighting all things drag. I'm Annalie Duchesne. And this is Miami Rose. Whether you're a fan of drag or a full-time entertainer, this is the podcast for you. Each episode is cramp-packed with drag news, exclusive interviews, and a weekly topic that'll leave you gagging to come back next week. This week, we talk to Memphis's premier trailer park Barbie, Tiffany Meeks, and we talk about paying the children. So get ready to get into it. This is Are We Pretty? Wow. I don't know. Are you feeling pretty today? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty. I'm feeling refreshed. I'm feeling fun, fresh, feminine, and uh, and amazing. How are you feeling? I'm feeling like um, a hot garbage troll. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That I think that that's as about as good as I can say. Um, yeah. Anything interesting, fun, new going on in your life, Miami? It's just been another week full of drag. I feel like War of the Roses has really been the moment in Memphis. It's been popping off. And uh, so y'all will hear it in the review on Wednesday, but <laughs> it was a very intense night. It was wild. I cannot wait to talk about it. We are going to get into it next week. But uh, yeah, it was really fun. I've had a really fun weekend. It's been crazy. And uh, I mean, drag is always moving. It's it's never stopping. So I'm excited to show some of these new costumes. I think people are going to gag. Or yeah, maybe not. I wish that I lived just a little bit closer to Memphis because I really would love to go out and like go to a few more shows. It's just hard when you live an hour away. And you have to like get up in the morning because there's shows that happen on Monday. There are shows that happen on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Like those those are hard to get to. But Memphis really does have a lot of really good shows. Um, yeah, I, I feel you on that. I wish I lived closer as well. Being an hour away sucks sometimes, but I mean, we do what we have to do and at least we get to perform in Memphis. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. 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 Speaking of performing in Memphis and having to drive, um, there is a huge hot topic going around. I don't know. I'm not going to say it was started by a Memphis queen, but a Memphis queen definitely has put a huge spotlight on the issue of pay when it comes to drag performers. Um, How do you feel about this topic? And uh, what do you think about what do you think about that? Yeah, I think this is definitely an interesting topic to dive into today because I feel like a lot of people are separate on this issue. I mean, some people are very much in the realm of paying the girls and other people are very much not so I think that we should dive into it now should we read the post to give some context to the audience sure um, Sure. you know this this person that posted this she's a little obscure um (laughs) she's not very known she she's a new girl in the scene um no I'm just playing she is the iconic and legendary she's actually been on the podcast before her name is Iris LeFleur and uh she is very opinionated and we'll tell everyone on Facebook. So we are going to pull up the post. Annalie is pulling it up now. Um, but in I, the meantime... I, I am... What's her name on Facebook? Because it's not Iris. Gr- Joey? Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, oh my God, I don't know people's names out of drag. It's... Um, Here, I'm just going to put Iris LaFleur and I know something will pop up. Great. Joseph Grant. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, go ahead and do your thing. I will go find the post. Okay, so Annalie's going to find the post and I am going to play the sound effect. Oh, yes, my pussy is on fire. Wow. Okay, so 
before I give out some stuff, I want to read some stats. Okay. This is, this is like sports for us. So there are on this post, there were 340 reacts, 108 comments, 436 shares. So like this was a very popular moment, um, a very hot topic issue, and it's definitely very buzzworthy. Um, and here's the thing, you're right, like people, it's so weird seeing that there is such a stark difference of opinion, because I feel like it's very clear, we should just get paid more, but okay, so here's what it says, it says PSA. This isn't about the Rue girls and their fees. It's about local, regional, national title holders and all other forms of non-RuPaul drag race stars being paid less than their worth by bar, club, and event throwers. Bar, club, and event throwers. If you're wanting to spend $8,000 on a Rue girl, then why don't you book eight local girls and pay them a thousand a piece and allow them to be able to invest that money into their drag and give you much better entertainment than most of the current Rue girls. I don't get it. You throw 40 or $60 at a local queen and say, sorry, I can't give you more, but somehow come off with $8,000 for a Rue girl. We invest into your business. So why not invest into ours? Uh, honestly, thank you, Iris, for bringing this out because I feel like a lot of people feel it. People will say it to like each other, um, but I don't feel like I see this a lot on a public forum often. So I think it's great that Iris felt compelled to say this. Um, what did you think? Did you read this post? Did you react to it? Did you comment on it? Yeah, I saw this post and my thoughts on it are very simple. I do think that drag queens are severely underpaid. And I mean, drag entertainers in general, we're all underpaid. And especially for what we do for drag. I mean, we are hairstylists, we are makeup artists, we are performers, we book shows, we host events, we're comedians, we're dancers, we're artists. And the general public just doesn't care enough to pay us. And it sucks and I hate it. And I, I genuinely feel like there needs to be a discussion on this. Like we need to be talking about it. We need to be pushing it out there because it is true. Bars will book a Rue girl for thousands of dollars, but then we'll pay girls $30 a night. And that's crazy. I've been to events when I've, you know, started drag in Jonesboro where we would get paid $10 a number. And I mean, it's no shade, but that's the truth. And we put so much work and time and money and energy and effort into everything we do on stage, especially if you want to look correct. If you want to look like a fully fledged drag queen a dra or a drag performer, you have to invest, you have to spend money, you have to spend time. I mean, some of the mixes that I've made, they've taken me hours to make hours some of the costumes that I've made like some of the headpieces they take me hours to make they take me hundreds of dollars to construct and it's just not given back in the show pay and it's not fair so yeah I fully agree with this I think that there needs to be something done for this I don't know what I don't know how this is going to be resolved but I just feel like if if drag is going to be considered a real job which I consider it a real job for me this is what I do this is, this is how I, I live my life. I do drag full time. Um, so I feel like there needs to be some sort of uh, resolution to this. Um, what do you think about it? Yeah, so I, I agree with you. I think ultimately everyone should be getting paid more. I know that there is a lot of reasons why, like for a business, you know, if ultimately if they're paying more, that means that they have to be spending more, which means they have to be making more. Like it's this whole circular situation. I want to talk about some of the like, arguments that are being made so like one is one that i kept reading was like even if the bar pays eight thousand dollars like the rue girls don't really even get that eight thousand dollars because they also have to pay fees for maybe their management people maybe they also are like paying for travel and like staying somewhere so like do they really get to see all of that eight thousand dollars no but even still even if they see a thousand of it that is still so much more than what I mean, I would imagine that to make $1,000 as a non-Rue girl, like you would have to work probably two or three weekends and like maybe three shows, like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, I would and say there, there are some gigs that do pay like 
a right. lot of money in tips, but in terms yes. of show pay, that's a hard find unless you are working in a huge city where the drag, it, the culture of the drag there is just so big and you have, you know, the recognition behind your name. I mean, that does count for a lot. Before Drag Race, the girls that were getting paid a lot were the girls with titles. I mean, that was how people worked full time in drag. So um, I definitely think that like you were saying, this this is um, this is definitely something that a lot of people are directly affected by. I mean, I know entertainers that a lot of the times they have to work a tip spot. Um, also, this I don't. I also don't think that the argument should be like let's not pay the rude girls because ultimately, like if a club books a you know, someone who is famous, like it is probable that more people will come out and thus, of course, they'll make more money. And like, that's, you know, ultimately what a business wants. So I get right. wanting to like book a big name and I like, I get all of that and they have to fly out. Like I, I get all that. But I, I think the thing that s- strikes me the most with what Iris said was the very last sentence we invest into your business so why not invest so ours like i think about i mean we do we're when we go and perform we are investing in the business in a way like we're invest honestly so much time goes into drag like to me that's where we spend a lot of our energy is in the time like you were saying whether it's um you know, putting together a look or literally constructing a look from materials, um, whether it's making mixes, whether it's, you know, some people like make videos to like accompany their performance. Some people use slideshows and projectors. Some people like buck out and dance. Like there is so much that goes into this. And so why not invest in us? If you have the ability to pay more, you should. Yeah. What do you think is fair? Like, okay, this is probably what would happen. What would you, in a perfect world, how much would you get paid uh, to be there every night? So, yeah. So, like, what do you think is reasonable? How about that? What do you think is reasonable? And what, in a perfect world, would you like to see? I think for me, I would just like to be paid enough to be able to survive. Sure. And and be comfortable. Um, Like I said earlier, a lot goes into the craft. We put a lot of money into drag and I'm, I'm lucky that I know how to be crafty on a budget like I've learned through not having a lot of money for quite a while that you have to sometimes make things work um, and I I think that I would be comfortable with making enough money to pay for the expenses that come with the drag along with my bills I mean that's that's what at the end of the day I think that's what a lot of drag artists want we just want to be able to survive i mean it's so hard these days people are living on uh paycheck to paycheck i mean i know people who if they didn't work for two weeks they'd be on the street so i just i don't i feel like this is something that it needs to be talked about like we we need to be compensated for what we are doing i do think it it works both ways you have to drag artists in general we have to know that all drag is valid that's 100 percent accurate but not all drag is this might be problematic not all drag is worth paying the same amount of money there are some girls that invest thousands of dollars in what they are doing there are some girls that do not do that and that's okay but it's it is half of it is building your own brand and being able to sell yourself I feel like the whole idea of booking like a set rate isn't accurate because we're all different. And I think there needs to be this standard of this is what my pay is and it has to be matched to book me. And I just wish that that was taken more seriously. I wish that people, specifically bar owners, I wish they would, they would, you know, see what these girls are, are worth and take what they pitch themselves as and then book them for that that seems most fair to me i don't i don't know if you uh i don't know if you're getting what i'm saying but that's just how i feel i feel like if i pitch what i'm worth that should be what i'm paid sure 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 sure. it's it's like if i were in the business world like if i have been working and i like i 
I always show really good numbers in a business. Um, I would be expected to make more than someone who is either newer or just really isn't bringing in the money in the way that it should. But am I still providing some sort of supports for them to be able to eventually make it up to the top? Yeah, I get the idea of like kind of difference in pay based off of either years of experience or like you were saying, like how much are you actually investing into yourself? Are you, uh, and not to say that you have to spend all of this money to be like this amazing drag performer. Um, but you like, do. I think, but I'm you sorry. Do. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, now we have to do that. I mean, it is expected to, if you want people to be impressed with your drag, there is a standard that you have to hit. And sometimes, it, depending on where you're at, it can be a lot of pressure to meet that standard, which means unless you are able to craft things with yeah. stuff you have around the house to, right. to make yourself look expensive as fuck, because that's what people want to see at the end of, especially in Memphis, people want to see expensive looking look. drag. Yeah. They yeah, want to yeah. see drag, drag, drag. And um, it's just not achievable with a $10 booking fee. No, yeah, you're right. I was well, I was just thinking like to me, it's more so like you have to invest and make it be really good and elevated, which does take money, but it doesn't always have to be like thousands and thousands of dollars. Or maybe it does. I don't know. I uh I clearly am not um I'm clearly not that girl. Um <laughs> so oh my god. <laughs> wow. Well, I want to know what do you think is the solution here what needs to be done what's the next move for drag queens in general like what do we need to do to to make this a reality of getting paid more okay so i have a few mindsets here if if we're into the idea of a little bit of like radical behaviors to me it would be drag queens being like or drag performers kings queens and all of everyone else uh like unless you raise our pay, we are not performing, which is hard because then also the, you know, you're missing out on pay, but you're also trying to take a stand in order to hopefully, you know, make people change what they're currently doing. So that is an option. I'm not saying it's the best one, but that's an option that I can see. And I think about like, uh, in countries like France, like when, even in Finland, like in, in all these different countries, when people are not getting paid, the workers will stop working and they will protest and then they get paid more. It's so it's an option. I think like show directors, I think maybe they need to really push for owners of the venues. Um, Cause mo from what I've come to see the, the directors and the owners are not usually the same person. The owner is there and then they hire a director to kind of, you know, book people and make stuff happen. But I think the show director definitely needs to be an advocate for increased pay. I mean, and, and it can even start off small, like, Hey, right now we're paying, we're paying $20. Let's try and raise it up to, I don't know, 50, like, it can be small amounts of changes. It doesn't have to be drastic, but that could also be another thing. And then I think too, um, be like Iris, speak up. If you're a performer and you don't like, if you think that there's something unfair and you want to see some change, like talk about it. And you don't have to be like aggressive about it. Like if I, I could easily go up to uh, someone and be like, hey, I just want you to know that like, I appreciate that I was invited here and thank you so much for you know, whatever. But I also just want to state that I don't think the pay is fair and I'm not sure what we can do about it, but I think we need to do something about it. So like, even if it's just you voicing your opinion on trying to change something, I think that also could be what happens. So those are the kind of the three things that are on my mind about what could happen, what can change, what can be done. Yeah, I, I think those are good ideas. And I definitely think that um, moving forward in the future, this is going to be a discussion that we see more often. Um, the price of living is going up and the $20 bill is now the $1 bill, if you know what I'm saying. So um, I, I definitely agree with you. I, I think something needs to happen. Speaking of things that are happening, we are going to go to break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking to the premier Trailer Park Barbie, Miss Tiffany Minx. Are you excited to talk to Tiffany? Yes, I'm very excited to talk to Tiffany. Now, here's the thing uh, real quick. So we've talked about how our podcast is basically like the multiverse. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Look, all I'm saying is that we recorded this 
a while ago, this interview. It was before War of the Roses, actually. So um, it's going to seem like out of time, but you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Yeah, you guys are smart. Um, yeah. Also, we want to hear your opinions. If you are a drag queen or a drag performer and you have an opinion on what we talked about today, feel free to write in, send us a message, send us your thoughts, uh, because we are collecting them just for um, research purposes. So, sure, and maybe uh, we'll read it. Yeah, we might read it next week. So uh, yeah. send that in. And if no one sends it in, then that is a you problem. All right. Well, we are going to break. Um, and I will leave you with uh, I will leave you with this. Oh, my coffee enema is kicking in. <laughs> oh, honey. Damn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine if I just left the meeting right then. <laughs> Right. That's that's but you record you record this? Nor. Nor nor. No nor. Nor I do not consent. Nor to being recorded. Bitch, just start this motherfucker. <laughs> Welcome back from the very first break that we had. Y'all, I actually am going to let Miami introduce our next guest because they are related. Not by blood, not by marriage. There's not been a couple times where blood was involved. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead. Introduce introduce your little sister. Um, <laughs> tell, tell us who we're talking to. Please welcome all the way from the other side of the phone screen, my beautiful, talented, gorgeous country queen sister, Miss Tiffany Minx. Hello. Hey, Shooks. How y'all doing? <laughs> How are you, baby? Oh, this is... <laughs> I'm good. This is a little nerve-wracking, I have to admit. I'm normally, when I do Tiffany, I'm normally in full geesh. You know what I mean? So this right. is Well, this you is are. I'm, I'm loving the unit you have on right now. This wig is everything. Yeah. It's a trick. Um, I did. <laughs> yeah, I did it this morning over my oatmeal. It was great. Oh, I, I would, you know what I would do with that? I would I would take it. I would, like, chop it, and it'd be like a little pixie cut, and I would, I'd wear it every show. Y'all know I do it anyway. That's basically what you wear anyway. So yeah. I, literally, no, for real. Um, I want to know. I want to jump into it. You know, I've known for the listeners that don't know, I've known Tiffany since she started drag. I think I I met you in your second show ever, right? Um, yeah, you technically met me the second night I ever did drag, but I consider that the night that I started drag because before that doesn't count anymore. Um, right. Me and Miami were contestants on the first season of war of the roses together which was the okay. longest season of war of the roses mind you why don't you tell us a little bit about this journey i'm i'm curious and i'm, I'm sure the listeners would love to hear our origin story considering we have yet to review season one of uh war of the roses which may be coming soon i know i teased it five thousand episodes ago but <laughs> it's coming yes um so our season was um it was the pioneer season she was the first she you know laid down the ground the groundwork for all these other girls um i don't fully believe that but it was a really important season for me at least no y'all crawled so we can walk basically exactly yeah but we started the competition in february of 2020 and if you're good with dates, then you know that that is right around the time that COVID was happening. So we got like a good three weeks into the competition before everything shut down for God only knows how long. And we didn't come back to the competition for 14 months. Well, during those 14 months, Tiffany kept doing drag and had a whole glow up process that happened. Because, um, yeah, like Miami said earlier, the first night of the competition was my first time doing drag like for real and it was bad it was real bad i did not realize that um i don't know if you knew this but lamixie has the same she has the same origin story um it's called the tiffany edit actually (laughs) blame it on the fucking edit this is the thing about (laughs) tiffany that y'all need to realize though tiffany will be at a show no matter what the context of the show is or what's going on, she'd be like, oh, it's the edit. This is an edit. edit. She does it for everything. It's so iconic. We might have to make a merch shirt that just says the edit with your face on it. It's the edit. Here's the thing. That originated kind of around the season two finale 
because the night of the finale for season two, Kayla Dickerson was just, there was something about the way she presented herself that night. I turned to Miami like a good six times and I was like, this bitch has the winner's edit. She's got the edit. She's going to win. I feel it. And it she did. And, and she did. And she did. Only knows all about season two because uh, she lost. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. you know what I have to say to that? Uh, I say a slay, slay. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I need to put that on the soundboard. <laughs> wow. Um, let's talk a little bit about your drag. You are known as the Trailer Park Barbie in Memphis. How did you um, kind of come up with this concept of your character? Um, I'm so glad somebody's asked me about this because uh, Tiffany was a concept for like seven years before I ever even attempted putting her into reality and the idea for me was I've always been really enamored with um like this certain type of woman that was um kind of deemed as stupid and slutty and all that but she's actually like the smartest and most well put together person in the room um and I've always been kind of obsessed with that idea of like the southern belle but like not look down I don't know it, it was this thing I'm, I'm terrible at explaining who Tiffany is I'm so sorry but it was this thing where I grew up in the country I went through this whole phase of hating being country being southern and then as I got older I realized I actually loved a lot of the things that made southern culture I guess like country music and like the small town vibes and once I embraced that and kind of brought it like full circle with my drag, I realized that that's the character that Tiffany needs to be that I, I want Tiffany to be to emulate. And honestly, when I got to Memphis, I was fully expecting like country queens to be like a dime a dozen. I was thinking there was going to be one on every fucking block. And I mean, there are queens that do country music, but there's not a lot of queens that like, that's their shtick, you know? So it was also like just a branding music can thing. be kind of hard to do. Country music is one of those things where like you either got it or you don't. And you definitely have it. I feel like whenever I watch you do your thing, I'm like, bitch, I, I don't know how she does it. Like, here's the thing about country. I personally like I don't vibe with country music in general, specifically because I grew up around hearing like men sing country music and it's just like not the vibe for me um but women in country like carrie underwood uh miranda lambert they have some fucking powerhouse songs that you have introduced me to that i would have never known about had i not watched you perform so you really are opening doors to uh the realm of yeehaw and i appreciate it um is what what's the music that you like to perform what what are some artists that you could recommend for queens that may be scared to do some country songs oh my god okay so first you need to look into laura bell bundy um she played Elle woods in legally blonde the musical on broadway um and she has a single country album called aching and shaken i'm pretty sure is what it's called or aching and breaking i can't remember which one uh, but it is top to bottom full of just like country diva drag queen type songs Aside from her, you cannot go wrong with literally any like iconic country queen, Dolly, Shania, Reba, Tanya Tucker, Carrie Underwood, Miranda Lambert. I mean, you can even get into like Taylor Swift, bluegrass and stuff. Taylor Swift, if you needed to for country, you could. Um, I don't. Here's the thing about Taylor. I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. I have a tattoo. Get into it. Um, But I, I don't find her music particularly drag worthy if that makes sense wow drag drag her for not being drag worthy uh also shout out to literally everyone that's ever compared me to taylor swift because tiffany just said that she's not drag so thank you i know i'm a real woman thank you (laughs) you know before we get into our main topic which i actually like what we're talking about now because it it very much uh is about our topic which is all about music um i do want to ask real quick well i guess i'm i don't don't know what i'm asking but i do want to say that i think it's really ballsy that you entered yourself into this never done before uh competition in memphis 
as a very, very novice performer, I would like to know just a little bit about like what your mindset was, what made you take the plunge into this and uh, what was that experience like? Okay, so um, real talk at that point in my life, I was going through like a lot of shit. I graduated college in December 2019. I moved out of Mississippi where I had lived my entire life in January of 2020. Um, I moved to Memphis for a job that I thought was like top tier was going to be like the rest of my life. I lasted four days and had to quit because it was just like emotionally overwhelming. And really what happened was I had been working at this restaurant in downtown Memphis for two weeks. I was nowhere near any of my friends. I had stopped smoking weed for some reason. So like I was going all the way through it. And for some reason, I still don't even know why me and me and Bella DeBall were friends on Facebook at the time because I had never even actually seen her live. But for some reason, I saw that she had posted this thing. She's like, I'm doing this drag competition. Like if you win, you get this money and all this stuff. And I was like, I'm not even going to look at the winning packet because that's not my gig. Like I'm not doing this to win. I'm doing this to do drag. So yeah, it literally was just, I did not know how to get bookings or I didn't even really know what a booking was. And I was like... Uh, I've got some wigs and heels and I'd really like to do something that makes me feel good and drag just that kind of became the thing over that first two months of being here that I was able to focus on and kind of get out of my funk and then quarantine happened and I went into a full-blown depression but that's different. Work. Well speaking about getting out of depressions uh, you know one of the things that either puts me in a depression or takes me out of depression is music. Music is such, it's such a vibe and I'm always along for the ride of music. Uh, I know that you have a podcast where you review music. Tell us a little bit about that. What's, what is your podcast about and why did you choose to touch on the subject of music? Um, yeah. So it's, it's technically not really like a music review podcast. It's, um a music and it's like a a music history discussion type podcast and um uh it's called featuring x um f-e-a-t period x Uh, every time i say that now i think about miami and the first time i told her what my podcast was called and she was just like feet feet still i can't get over that it disturbs me that's That's what i thought it was i'm sorry no it's fine um but yeah, me and my co-host Josh, we we just take collaborations. So we pick basically two big artists or two notable artists that have collaborated and then we look into what brought them into that collaboration and you know where they where they went afterwards and kind of what the collaboration did to music and pop culture as a whole. Um but the main vibe of our podcast is it is very relaxed, very laid back. Like we cater to the people who like to listen to their podcast as they're falling asleep and they take the whole week to finish it. Like we're not, we don't do like high energy, high octane, none of that. It's very chill. It's very anti us. Got it. <laughs> Cause yeah, me and it's Anna, like the like opposite of all of this. Right. <laughs> yeah. Very, very shady. <laughs> So you said it was about um, it's it, it like features different artist collaborations. Um, is that is that what you said? Bitch, yeah. I am stupid. So, okay. Yes. So yes, what's you been are. Your, so what? <laughs> what's been your favorite uh of your favorite episode you've done? Like, what's what's one that listeners should immediately go and listen to to get hooked? Okay, so if you want a good one, I think one of the best ones we ever did was um. Do you remember that song, Somebody That I Used To Know by Gautier and Kimbra? We yes. did a podcast on that song for its 10-year anniversary um, like six months ago. And I personally think that episode is really, really good. Now, if you want a notable episode, and I say notable because I personally think the topic is both comical and the episode itself is is very early and bad, um, you would listen to the Avril Lavigne and Nicki Minaj episode. So... I like the Little Mama and Avril Lavigne. I think the that remix. is that the is remix. such a weird combo, but you know it yeah. it somehow somehow worked. Um, we talked about that song in that episode too. Stop it! Look at me. We're doing we're doing advertisements for doing it. Doing the thing. 
wow, that's drag. <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about then, like, what does music mean to you? And what are you like versed in music? Are you like a music person? Did you get trained in music? Tiffany's a bottom. She's not a verse. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and Tiffany's a virgin first off she would never yeah so I I would say that I'm, I'm pretty well versed in music um I majored I got my bachelor's degree in music journalism um and I I mean I was in marching band choir show choir all those things when I first started college I actually majored in music so I did like a bunch of music theory and stuff like that and weirdly enough I've just always been like fully obsessed with like popular music like the concept of what makes something popular just fascinates me so I'm I've always been like addicted to looking at charts and lists and like reviews and seeing what other people think about it and why they think that and if that if that article led to somebody else listening to it and if that impacted their way of it's a whole thing but yeah um i i think i'm i'm musical i don't think i'm talented though with music that's the thing i'm just really really good at talking about it so like i'm not a singer i'm not a dancer like the only instruments i've played were like flute piccolo saxophone back in like a long time ago now i don't that's been wow i'm getting old but yeah, I don't I don't think I have an ability for music. I have like an insanity with music. Wow. Uh, sometimes there might be a little bit of, of a pause just because Miami and I are trying to, I guess, decide who's going to come off me. You know, we're not we're I not. I love it. Up. It gives me a, a second to really think if I uh, made any mistakes. So I love it. And yeah. You and you have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, before we go to break, is there anything that you want the audience to know in terms of music? <laughs> that that is such a broad, my brain is literally melted, um, because we've been doing podcasts all day because Annalie yeah. loves to book the gigs. Anyway, music. Yeah. So I would say. Just to bring it back to drag, I think music choice in drag performances is like the number one most important thing. Because like, if you don't know, if you don't, first off, let's just talk about like lyrically, if you don't know the song that you're doing, Girl, it's not going to be a really great performance because you don't know the song. If your audience doesn't vibe with the song, they don't have to know it at all, but they don't, if they don't get the story you're trying to tell with the song that you're doing, it's just not as entertaining. So I personally think that music is like top tier when it comes to planning your performances with drag. So and know your words, bitches. Music. Yeah, know your fucking words. I'm I'm like I I like knowing my words. That's my gig. I love knowing a word. There was an episode of um of the competition. I I won't name the season, but one of the three seasons that has happened so far was notorious for not knowing the words notorious it was every episode they didn't know the words it name was the season name it i won't name it and we'll bleep it we'll bleep it <laughs> bitch oh my god um was the season i'm listen Annalie. i'm not saying it wasn't <laughs> All I know is it weren't season one, baby. It wasn't that one. The so. season one, season one had good lip syncs, except for because I wasn't can, in that. We one. can beat that. <laughs> we can beat that. But if that's the truth. She did not know the words. It's fine. She yeah. I think season one had one. good lip syncs because I was in like eight of them. <laughs> Work. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, I actually, I have I have another question about music, real quick. Um. Is there like a like a fact or a piece of information that you think is just interesting to share with people about music or like some, I don't know, some historical thing? I do. So um, my favorite, all-time favorite queen is Britney Spears. She's over here on my wall. I'm not going to show you because that would require moving things. I'm not going to do that. Um, and there was a time in the early 2000s where um, radio basically like had this weird ban on Britney 
because of her uh, transition in her image from like schoolgirl, like <laughs> to like sex siren. And um, that band kept a lot of her really popular songs at that time from ever charting really high. So like I'm a slave for you, for instance, cultural phenomenon. Everybody remembers the snake on the fucking VMA stage. That song only peaked at number 27. Whereas like Womanizer by Britney Spears is number one or Hold It Against Me went number one in later years because of other things. But yeah, that's one fact that I always think is really stupid is there was like a three year period where Britney was just not respected by the radio. And back then that's all that could really get you charting was radio play. That I don't know where the hell I pulled that out of. I'm so sorry. What did you ask me? Free Britney. Um, You've pulled a lot of things out of you, I've heard. Speaking of pulling things out of us, we are going to pull this break out of us. And then when we come back, we're going to be answering some listener questions. Are you excited to answer some of these uh, crazy little questions? I'm nervous. I feel like they're going to be incriminating. They're either going to be really good or really bad. Honestly, two of them are... um... Are they wild? You'll you'll see when we get back. All right. (laughs) Stick around. Go douche. Bye. Here on Are We Pretty, things can get a little chaotic, but don't let our shenanigans scare you from listening to other podcasts. Featuring X is a chill and laid-back music history and pop culture podcast. The host, Josh and DJ, dive into the music industry's most interesting and unlikely collaborations, from genre-bending juggernauts to global icons. Whether it's collaborations like Dolly and Kesha or even Nelly and Tim McGraw, Featuring X is sure to feature something for everyone. So if you're wanting to listen to something more relaxing and still entertaining, listen to Featuring X. You can find Josh and DJ on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Links can be found in the description of this episode. Are you a hella good entertainer? Are you an everyday hella fabulous person? Then you need Hella Wigs. Hella Wigs is owned and operated by the beautiful Ella Rosa. She creates custom wigs that can be styled or unstyled, and they are hella fierce. I'm actually wearing the Miss Lily right now. She's the new Hella Wig custom unit. It's 200% density, permatease for volume, fully synthetic, and she has a single knotted widow's peak to give you a realistic hairline. So if you want a wig that is hella gorgeous, contact Ella on Facebook or Instagram at Hella Wigs. That's H-E-L-L-A-W-I-G-Z. Links can be found in the description of this episode. Welcome back from the break, y'all. Miami is over here losing it. <laughs> um, what did you do over the break, Tiffany? Kegels. Oh, work um i ate some corn and i hear (laughs) and i hear that i hear that this is a little triggering for for (laughs) our our guest here to tell us a little bit about about corn so is it fine if i say the word is this fine is this is this triggering is this too much (laughs) listen i do not have like a genuine fear of corn. I have a very advanced aversion to corn. It disgusts me. I can't I can't eat something that I know has corn in it. If I see corn in my food, it like I start gagging. It's like a thing. I have no idea where it came from. I've never liked corn. I've always thought it was disgusting. My grandmother, I was raised by a very southern grandmother that was like you eat everything that's on your plate she tried making corn in every possible way you can imagine it sucks it's terrible it's the bane of my existence and corn yeah. burger there was <sighs> there was a time when like i had a roommate in college there was one time where i came home and he literally had just he just on the stove heated up a can of corn to eat i guess <sighs> and I literally like I got home and like within five minutes I had to leave because like I was so nauseous just from smelling corn. Also, I think the when I told Miami this the first time, she told me that she didn't know what corn smelled like. And I still don't. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm like I'm that's I, I would put that on, I would make that merch. I fucking hate corn. That could be my whole shtick. <laughs> I stand behind that. You, you know that meme of the of the <laughs> of the girl and she's walking away from the cornfield. It says country girls make do and she just fucked the corn. Yeah, could never what the be. What the fuck you. are you talking about, <laughs> Miami? You know what I'm talking about? It's a meme. 
same. Okay, speaking of fucking corn, um, <laughs> we are going to jump into these listener questions. <laughs> um, I don't know what that transition was. But listen, <laughs> too chaotic. Anything to transition if you're brave enough. Um, do you want to read these, uh, this first question? Yeah. Also, thank you for being vulnerable, Tiffany. All right. Here is the first, (laughs) (laughs) here's the first question we have, which RuPaul's Drag Race season is your favorite and who are your top three favorite winners? Oh, like overall winners? Yeah. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to assume all stars is included in this. So like just any winner. I'm going to say for me, season five is my absolute favorite. It's the one that I was introduced to RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, and I really, really am like infatuated with Alaska. And honestly, there were so many iconic like characters to come out of that. Roxy, Jinx, Alyssa, Coco. Uh, like it was just a star studded cast and then my top three favorite winners alaska is my top number one bob the drag queen is number two and then number three i can't think right now of anyone else that i love i guess i'm just gonna be basic and say like trixie sorry trixie <laughs> she listens to the pod, I know it. She does. She definitely does. Um, okay, so my favorite season is either All Stars 2 or Season 9. Both of those were like 10 out of 10. I could watch them on repeat. I love them so much. But top three favorite winners of the whole franchise, which that's like a lot now. So that's a, like a lot to keep up with. But Trixie, because I too am also basic, but I've seen her live. So I feel like I need to say that. Shea Coulee and Lawrence Chaney. I'm obsessed with Lawrence Chaney. Okay, I just watched season nine. And uh, here's the thing. Shay is fucking amazing. Uh, she's so good. I also, though, like completely, I didn't like, who, who won that season? What's her name? Shit. Sasha Valor. Yeah, yeah. It's not that I didn't like Sasha. She was very fierce and amazing and like brought the looks and everything, but I didn't really care about her. But rewatching it now, I was like, damn, she really like was an excellent contestant and definitely deserved it. She was. She just did not have the winner's edit. And I think that's what made it a little dissatisfying at the end. But that so emotional lip sync will forever be the most iconic lip sync on the show. So she wins the crown for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, good for her. Anybody else? Um, I think for me, my favorite season of Drag Race is probably season six. Bianca is so yeah. fucking funny. And I, I love, Bianca. I love, honestly, the top three that season, they were probably the strongest top three ever. My top three favorite winners from Drag Race, I would probably say uh, Bianca, Bob the Drag Queen, and Simone. See, there's so many. Yeah, there's just so many. Can't wrap your brain around it all. Speaking of wrapping our brains around things, this next question is about to take us for a fucking ride, bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, let me prepare myself for this. I'm going to hydrate. All right, here we go. My boyfriend has complained my asshole is too tight. I want to please him. How do I get a loose, stretched out, rubber band, sloppy, cavernous, wretched, wrecked, and ravaged beyond belief birthing hole like yours? Thanks, Shug. Did you type this? <laughs> I did not. They said Shug. <laughs> They're trying to set I you up. I know it did. I didn't type that. They are trying to set you up, bitch. They're coming for my gig. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, uh, I would say perhaps um, practice. Um, oh, oh, actually, <laughs> did they just say that my ass was loose first on the top? Thank you. Yeah. Um, sloppy too, I, I think. I would. Yeah, I heard there was sloppy in there. Maybe cavernous, even. Um, Annalie, I've Rubber heard that band. you are sporting the Grand Canyon. Uh, how did you manage that? Yeah, you've heard correct. Um, actually, no. I would say my hole is not carnivorous not yet at least carnivorous think, uh, wait cavernous she said that bitch is hungry oh my god whoever typed this 
is going straight to hell. Right. Um, I don't know how to answer this. If uh, it's clearly like, you know, some trolling here. It's just to be silly. But if for those of you who really want a a gaping hole, um, you know, uh, just be brave. Um, (laughs) Have like invite the entire neighborhood over and just let them take you to pound town. Yeah. And practice loosening yourself up. Like don't um, don't don't expand the muscle, you know, just like keep it, keep it calm, collected and cool. You can take poppers. um, And if you're if you're if you're yeah, if you're against that, perhaps uh, go to therapy. Um, Yeah. Speaking of therapy, can we fucking get away from this question? Um, Can we go to the next (laughs) one? Please. No, I want to say one more thing about this. So something that I've <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to talk about this one anymore. Uh, here's the next question. What is the worst sneaky link you ever had? And then there's like an eyeballs emoji. Okay, let me let me grab my phone so I can urban dictionary what a sneaky link is. But you I know what? I, I re- talking about a hookup. A sneaky link is like a hookup, but um, I don't. I if I'm being honest, I have had really bad like dating experiences. Like they were like really. I have a really good one. That's probably better than any hookup story I could tell you. Work. Uh, should we spill hear it. that one? Okay. Yeah, spill it. So let me break this shit down. Don't don't answer the listener question. <laughs> answer whatever you want. I well, this one's this one is better than anything I could name because um all my all my sexual experiences are great. Let me think. Uh, so I went out with this guy. His name is. He's a piece of shit. We went to okay. So he okay. First of all, he asked me to go on a date. So we went on this date and it was fine. But then. After we went on the date, he was like, he ghosted me basically, which is fierce. We'll do whatever you got to do. Not everybody's for everybody. So that was fine. I got over it. But then he messaged me randomly one day and was like, hey, um, do you want to go with me to this concert? I'll take you out to eat. We could go to the zoo in Memphis, by the way, which is an hour away from where I live. And we could go to the zoo and then we'll go to this concert. And I was like, um, yeah and he was like super flirty super like it seemed to be super into it so i was like bitch am i about to give this motherfucker another chance and me being me (laughs) of course so we went to memphis and we went to the zoo first the zoo was great the animals were everything and he was being super flirty super nice i was like bitch this might be this might be the one even though he'd fucking fully ghosted me two weeks earlier so um then we go to this restaurant and we're sitting there ordering our food and the waiter comes up and this motherfucker literally gets his number in the middle of the date so i'm like okay well this is no longer a thing that i'm interested in but i was stuck in memphis with this guy and i ended up going to the concert with him where he ghosted me at the concert and literally had nothing to do with me the entire night and I was pissed. So I just made friends with some randoms and we just partied. But then I was like, bitch, how the fuck am I going to get home? So he found me after the the event and was like, are you ready to go? And I was like, I'm, I didn't even know you were here. So he took me home and I slept all the way home in his car because I was so pissed that if I stayed awake, I was scared I was going to fight him. So yeah, that's the story. Haven't talked to him since. Oh, and he told me he thought drag was gross. So fuck you, well, beauty fades, dumb as forever, so. Right. He could have got with this. <laughs> oh, no comment? Right. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't remember what the real, what the original question was, but it. It said, yeah, what, was, what was your, your worst, worst sneaky link? But I also don't think that I have like a, a oh, story that would fit this. So I'm also going to alter mine, I think. Okay, well, I'm not going to alter mine. Mine is. It's the story that I tell whenever a question like this gets asked. Um, So when I was in college, I was a whore, as it were. Um, I lived in a small Mississippi town. Like, all you could do was have sex or smoke weed. There was this guy who was visiting in my town, and he... I just realized I knocked a bunch of shit over. Oh, my God. And he was staying at this hotel, so he messaged me on the grinders and was like you should come over and i was like yeah of course um so i go over 
we are making hanky panky having great time and um we are at a point where we were laying on his bed i don't know how else to describe it we were i guess just fondling each other in this bed laying <laughs> like this so like my head was at the foot of the bed his head was at the head of the bed well as we are doing this and talking and whatever he slides his foot and puts it in between my lips to try to put it in my mouth <laughs> and so <laughs> i basically start dry heaving because it was so disgusting i it was cold i felt toenail on my teeth it was so disgusting <laughs> feet are like right below corn in terms of ways to gross me out so like wait i have a question i, I was did you see the foot coming or was it like a no it was, we were in the dark it was one of those <laughs> types of hookups where he just didn't want the lights on i'm not gonna take that to heart because it would make me feel bad but yeah i was we he put his toe in my mouth and i immediately i jump up i mean i've never gotten dressed so quickly he's like apologizing profusely trying to like get me to like sit down and calm down and breathe and i'm just like grabbing my shit and i'm just like trying not to vomit and like spitting on this hotel floor and just making a big spectacle of it because i was just so disgusted and um yeah i ended up leaving and blocked him on Grinder and never spoke to him again. So. Did he pay you? No, I left without the check that night. I I fumbled the bag. So that is wild. Yeah, I'm not really into feet. I'm not really a foot person. No shame to anyone that is. Good for you. It's just Full not shame. me. Full shame. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I've seen my own feet and I would not wish that on the worst of people. See, and that's literally me. I have drag feet. I had drag feet before I ever did drag. So like it <laughs> right. just wasn't it just so yeah, that that's mine. I could have died that day and probably would have been okay with it. Yeah, my toes are like uh the Twilight Saga because they are on a cliffhanger. My fucking toes are gross. I would not my I have a hangnail. Is that that's the joke. It's a deep joke. Think about it. You got it. Like, like your nail. Cliffhanger? If no one if no one laughs, we'll just cut the joke. <laughs> <laughs> is, is um, Twilight on a cliffhanger though? That's what I was wondering. Wait, like it, it ended. What do you want? What do you want, Miami? Oh, um, I didn't watch all of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for me, I don't think I've like had like a bad sexual encounter. I've tended to always have like a, a good time. I'm gonna tell this story. It is vulnerable and <laughs> it is what it is. But look, this this pod is about being honest. It is about growing. And so here we go. So this was like when I first was coming out and like first trying to mess around with men. Um, it's not something that I was used to. I didn't have anyone like telling me what to do or like showing me the ropes of things. I was just trying to figure stuff out myself. And this was like one of the first times that I bottomed. And I thought I had done my due diligence with, you know, getting prepared, getting ready, getting it going. And I, and I did. Okay. But something that I came to read later was that you should always wait like 20 to 30 minutes afterwards, because, you know, sometimes, sometimes the second coming <laughs> and the second she came, <laughs> look, I think you can surmise what happened. Uh, once I got there, it was not a cute moment. I cannot and surmise. I cannot. <laughs> I think you should tell me. Um, let's just say that my name is my name for a reason. <laughs> My name is a new shame. It is so, and that is why. Um, so look that, and it wasn't like terrible. It wasn't like too crazy messy or whatever, but it still just was for like an entry experience to sexual encounters. It was very embarrassing. Um, and ultimately you're dealing with butts if you're engaging in that type of sex and like things Absolutely. are bound to happen from time to time. Like it's not the worst you're not thing. not a bottom you can't call yourself a bottom if you have not shat on a dick. That is just the way it goes. Right. Well, I think I read that somewhere. Um, TLC said, don't go chasing waterfalls. You stick <laughs> to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. And I think that top was just a little bit too close to the sun, um, which Work. is fine. He, um, 
he might enjoy the water park. Um, speaking of water parks, this last question is sure to make a splash. It reads, <laughs> that was a good transition. That was good. <laughs> Do you feel like you are qualified to critique drag performers, whether they are local or on TV? Okay, does this not feel just a tad bit shady? No, this is very That's shady because answer. I mean we've been doing this. We've been doing this on the pod for for um, since the beginning of the pod. We've been critiquing the girls. Right. Um, I think for me, it really just depends on what you're referencing. Like, are we? If we're talking about, am I qualified to judge? like a local competition i think so i've been doing drag long enough i know what i'm doing I'm, i feel like my art is at a point where it's polished enough to be able to see what's what's quality and what's not quality and i feel like for me that's enough to be able to judge something like that do i think i should be able to judge like a national pageant no because i've never competed at a net well <laughs> i will but um I haven't yet, and I don't think I should be on like that kind of panel. Do I think I need to be on Drag Race's judging panel? No, I don't. I don't think I have that much experience in drag. RuPaul's been doing drag for years, you know? Whether you hate RuPaul or love RuPaul, the bitch has the experience. Um, I think, here, here's my thing. My one thing for judging drag, I think in some way, shape, or form, you need to do drag to judge it. Or have something yeah. to do with the art form directly. I don't I don't really like that like any because of drag race anyone nowadays thinks that they can judge drag and you see it a lot especially now people think they know everything about drag and if they don't like what you're doing they'll tell you online and I just don't think that a little bitch that's never even put on a wig should tell me how to do my drag so that's my only critique what about y'all um yeah I think I have kind of like similar sentiments that you do I think ultimately when it comes to like a televised thing like anyone it's television we are consumers we're going to have opinions that's what the purpose of like reality-based competition shows are it is to give us the viewers at home an opportunity to uh you know to like live in the world of I get to critique and I get to have my opinions um so that's how I feel about that in terms of like local performers. So yes, as you mentioned, we have on this pod done some reviewing of, of some of the Memphis girls, you know, because of war of the roses. And I would say that like, ultimately I think our critiques are, are not necessary, are not like coming from a place of like being mean or like telling them what they should be doing with their drag. It's just us giving our opinions about what it is that we saw. And I, I would say our quality, like, are we qualified to do that? Yeah. Because we perform with these people we've engaged in the competition ourselves. Um, and honestly, it's like, it's not coming from like this negative place. And, uh, so I think, I think it's fine. I mean, I, this is interesting. Cause I don't, I try not to critique other people's drag very much at all because I feel like that opens the door to critiques and I'm <laughs> fragile. So um, I do, I do, I've only had like very minimal experience judging anything and it's only been in War of the Roses at, on nights when somebody wasn't there, like a last minute fill in. Um, and I think for that competition specifically, I'm qualified, but outside of the scope of that, I... I personally would not consider myself qualified to critique anybody. That doesn't necessarily mean that I wouldn't. I just don't think I'm qualified to. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to say one more thing too. like, am I, am I qualified? I don't know it to me. That doesn't really matter. Like, should it be taken to heart though? Absolutely not. Like no. it's, I'm just a person who has opinions. And so, you know, like, don't, don't fucking care. Yeah. Very that speaking of not caring. Um, <laughs> 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 thank you so much tiff for coming on the show thanks babe for having me do you have anything you want to plug say or mention before you head on out all i can say is tune in to war of the roses all stars every friday night at <laughs> atomic rose starting at 10 p.m um any social medias that you want us to plug i, I imagine we'll we'll like put the we'll put your podcast in the description maybe like an instagram thing any other things you want us to, to plug um yeah you can follow me on instagram or twitter at tiffany minks 
And you can also Venmo or cash at me at Tiffany Minks. <laughs> Work. Um, I'm I'm a little sad because I was really hoping that I would I would say something that would need to be bleeped because I really wanted to be bleeped because that's like my favorite thing that y'all do. But I didn't say anything. Just say some drama. Name, yeah, say it right some, now. Name the pod's not over. Say, <laughs> okay. Say something um, fucking buck wild, and we'll just be okay. back. Buck. You stupid bitch. <laughs> I'm really bitter about that one still. Wait, also, what? this whole sentence can be beeped. This whole sentence can be beeped. Well, speaking of racing, I'm going to race away from this podcast at light speed. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming and doing this. Annalie, do you have anything that you want to say before we go? Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Uh, Tiffany, I so enjoyed you. You're so lovely. Um, and uh, thanks. Thank you. Remember, guys, love that you can. Oh, love you too. Remember, guys, <laughs> that you can. Uh, you can listen all the way through for the email to send us questions. Make sure you listen all the way through. That's where it's at. You can also check out all of our stuff. It's in the description below. We love you all, and uh, we will see you guys next time. Bye. Oh my god, Rachel. Shit, I didn't know you were still here. <gasps> She's back. Kill her. Ew. Ew, go away. This is the end of the pod. Annalie, do you have anything you'd like to say? Actually, yes. Did you know that you can help keep the pod running by becoming a monthly supporter? All you have to do is find our podcast on Anchor and click the support button. You can choose to give us a monthly donation of 99 cents, $4.99, or $9.99. You know, after all, this is a drag show and we do love our tips. Any and all donations are very much appreciated and it'll help us stay pretty. Not only will you be helping us to provide better content, but you can also get a shout out on the podcast. Speaking of shout outs, we would like to give a very special thanks to Janice. Thank you for keeping us pretty. Thank you, Janice. If you're feeling extra pretty, make sure to check out our merch. Link is in the bio of this episode. And if you're feeling pretty on a budget, you can also rate the pod on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for free. Remember, if you have questions you'd like us to answer, advice you'd like us to give, or complaints you'd like us to read for filth, send them to the email at the end of the pod. We love you guys so much. Don't be homophobic and have a great day. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Are We Pretty with Anna Lee and Miami. If you'd like to send in Q&A questions or to contact us, send us an email at arewepreettypodcast at gmail.com. You can follow Miami on Instagram at, whoa, it's Miami. And you can follow Anna Lee on Instagram at Anna Lee Dreams. The music featured in the intro and outro is produced by Evans Beats. Thank you for listening and we'll see you soon. Stay, Stay pretty. pretty. And buy our merch, bitch. Bye. 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 See you later.